Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Four Podcast. Second round of the playoffs are drawing to a close. We got a bunch of game sixes tonight. Uh, another game six tomorrow with Warriors Rockets. The Celtic season is officially done. To talk about all of these playoff matchups and more. PJ, what up, man? LOL, Paul Pierce. Yeah, <clears throat> fell a little flat. Good job, Paul. Why don't you save the predictions of the real experts here at the point forward? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I thought, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think that the Bucks were going to be winning the next four games after losing handily to the Celtics in game one, but I still like the Celtics' chances. And uh, But, damn, they... They kicked, they kicked their ass in games two through five. That was uh, very, that was impressive for the for the Bucks, and we we should start there because uh, your boy Giannis is 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 doing some things. Peach. He's all grown up, man. He's had a great playoff so far. I think that he hasn't gotten as much attention as Kawhi and Jokic and Dame up to this point, but his his team. I mean, they're. They're eight and one in the easy. playoffs. They're eight and one in the playoffs. Giannis hasn't really. I don't know. I mean, the Celtics made his life tougher than a lot of teams, but his numbers were ended up being great in that series, despite being looking very humid in Game One. Uh, he he didn't have a huge game in Game Five last night, but uh, that team's got Brogdon and Miritich back, and George Hill has really been a difference maker. They've been. They look really great. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Giannis has been getting plenty of. I don't. I haven't felt like he's been underappreciated as far as what he's been doing. I mean, he was just yamming all over the Celtics. Well, I think um, in Game Four, Game Four was his monster game that series. They finished like thirty-two and eighteen or something like that. And um, I, I spent like last night. They, the Celtics did a good job of challenging him at the rim, and he just he, some of his shots that normally fall just weren't. But he was he was you just saw him like that's the great thing about yeah. Giannis. He can affect so many things on the defensive end, and he can get he's a really you know he's their best facilitator too. Yeah, I mean he just I mean he didn't change basically like yeah from game two he just he doubled down on what he does best, and he I mean I think took what. You know, happened in game one and just, you know, wasn't going to allow it to affect him. He was, became more aggressive. He pursued uh, contact a lot more um, and, and continued to. He didn't waver from that. Um, I do think they, he, I just think throughout the series, like eventually it just became like he was just getting foul calls a lot. I know uh, Kyrie made like some comments, and I don't think they were all like, super unfair I think you know it was a mix of moments where maybe I think Boston had definitely like towed the line of being like overtly physical with him to try to stop him and like discourage him from going inside um and then it just was kind of like it just built up as a sort of initial like just understanding and then just as the series continued on like when Giannis would make some of those drives you would anticipate more physicality going into some of those attacks to the basket than there actually maybe were. But nonetheless, I mean, 
Uh, I think the biggest thing of of most of this, though, and a big like credit needs to go to the entire Bucks bench, who um, not only I mean made the Celtics bench look even worse than they were. It was you know blatantly obvious in the series, but also I mean put work to the the Celtics starters, like especially in Game Four. There's a stretch they didn't have Middleton, uh, Middleton, Bledsoe, or Giannis on the court. And they actually, you know, went on a run, that bench unit went on a run against some of the Celtics starters. Uh, like those guys, like Pat Connington, I mean, George Hill played really well against Kyrie. I mean, I think also some, you know, Kyrie playing bad, right? But um, those dudes were stepping up on the road and, you know, at home. And it was, um, I think that more than anything was like the biggest factor for the Bucks just washing the hell out of the Celtics. Yeah, so uh, we got to talk about Kyrie, but the other thing that that's wild to yeah. me, we'll see. Pat, Con- you know, end. Pat Connaughton, he was so good. I mean, I, yeah, I, it is just surprising to me. I always liked him with Portland; it never really worked out uh, with him being there. Dude, but- it, he was his minutes were spotty all this season, like for the buck. Like he played. He's played less games and minutes for the Bucks than he did at any point for the, the Portland last year. Yeah, and I think mostly that's he kind of stepped in and played this role as Brogdon was hurt, and Brogdon came back last night, but you know it's going to take some time to get him back to full speed with everything. Right. So we'll see what he he his his minutes look like in the next round. But one thing, I, so minute I I want to talk about minutes a little bit because it is crazy to me. Like obviously the the Bucks roster is better this year, so that means something in all of this. But one thing, so I have a question for you, PJ. If you had to guess, so as I said, the the Bucks are eight and one this year's playoffs. They played nine games. How many of those nine games has Giannis played over thirty six minutes? Would you say? I'm gonna say one in the Detroit series and. At least, I'm going to say three. He has played one game this playoffs where he's played over game 36 one? minutes. It was game three against Boston. He played 39 oh, okay. minutes. Otherwise, his minutes are as follows. Pistons, 23, 30, 28, 32. Against Boston, 34, 31, 39, 34, 31. So he's... And if you look at last year against the Celtics, where they lost in the first round, well, he like averaged minutes. he averaged forty minutes in the first yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. So like, look, I mean, Giannis is not exactly the type of player that I'm worried about. That I would be worried about. Like he's gonna get tired late in the playoffs just because he hasn't had year after year of long playoff runs, and he's really young and an absolute athletic marvel. But it certainly helps to have a guy that hasn't had as much tread worn off of his tires by the time you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, which I think is huge. Yeah, and he's yeah he's only played in nine games so far. I mean, like they're going to be playing a, at least one of these teams that they're about to see is you know, they've played at least four more games than them uh, so far in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's been everything. I think. Uh, you know, just just his uh, 
overall just this this little playoff run, but this season in general, it's just been um, so impressive just to see his growth again. Like he, I mean, he's gotten better every season, but just to see his his will and just how he's been able to impose his force and and really. Um, you know, lead the charge in so many of these games and set the tone for his team and like to have his team respond and it's just fun. I mean, you look compared to him and you look at Kyrie and they're kind of both being put in these leadership roles and how they handled it and how like their teammates respond to both of them uh, could not be more different. Um, and I also think you know Giannis has been in a situation where he's got a, a group of guys that he's been able to command that locker room in a different way than with Kyrie being in a situation where these guys were playing well without him in the playoffs last year. Uh, and that I think really did impact a lot of, you know, those guys, those guys are obviously confident about that. And like, I mean, Kyrie just sort of took a mixed like LeBron semi like passive aggressive approach. And then just being, you know, a little bit of Kobe too, with some of his stuff. Like, it was a weird, a weird mix. And uh, but no, I mean, like Giannis, uh, Giannis is gonna be honest. He's gonna he's changing the game. He's gonna be a game changer. Um, it's just it's like they just have. I mean, the biggest difference is from last year's series, and this is like they have a better all around like supporting cast for him, and they have. Which, I mean, we've said all season, they have an actual effing coach. And, like, Budenhoser made some really big adjustments in this series to, to help, too. And Boston just didn't have an answer for him. Like, defensively, they they changed some things, how they were defending uh, Kyrie and, and Horford from game one. And there was no counterpunch from, from Celtics on the offensive side, at least, to really make them have to change change again or do something different after their, their game two adjustments. Yeah, so so let's talk about the Celtics a little bit. Uh, let's and let's start with Kyrie. It is no secret that he had a pretty terrible stretch in games two through five. Uh, after having a real like, it's not. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Celtics won game one. I think it's a combination of great defense by the Celtics and Al, Al Horford and keeping Giannis in check. But then you had really good games from from Kyrie as well as a, a few other people on that team. But Kyrie had by far his best ser- game in the series. It was really the only game that he looked somewhat in sync offensively, uh, finishing with 20 th- 26, 11, and 7. And then at, from that point on, was a, was just had a terrible stretch of four games. Yeah. Shot 30% from the field on average in the next four games. He, in particular, last night, I I can't even describe what it was like watching him play last night. I mean, he had his shot selection was terrible. Uh, it, everything was ISO. Almost everything was just ISO ball with him. He wasn't looking to pass or get other people involved until it was way too late. Um, and it didn't look like it was a guy that was exactly – uh, chomping at the bit to come back to the Celtics, like I just, I just didn't, I didn't get out to, did not get the sense that Kyrie Irving was, uh, was feeling great about 
his place with this team, but maybe I maybe I'm I'm reading into it too much. I mean, it's uh, it was pretty clear. I I know we had been going back and forth, but it was like clear to me that after game four, it was just it was. I thought before game four, but game four was the kind of defiant. Like this is this is it. This is a wrap. Like this team is checked out, done. Um, and Kyrie led that charge. He just man, it's like it was really weird because obviously like. I'm a big Kyrie fan as well, and just to have like the two two guys that I'm probably root for the most in the league to just basically go in the complete split opposite directions of each other in the series. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, Kyrie just didn't wasn't home didn't hold himself accountable at all. I mean, it was disappointing just to see how he carried himself and what he, um, you know, everything he did in this series. Um, you know, I him coming back. I mean, I wouldn't say it's completely like I, I definitely see a scenario of him coming back for sure. Um, it would be tough to see me like them to bring him back with these same like young guys and stuff. I mean, I just I think something someone's like there's just guys in the scene that aren't responding to, and you know. He's not getting the most out of his like teammates, and I think that's an issue. That I mean, I, I think he, I do think, and you know what you think of this. Like, do you think Kyrie could be uh, like in a leadership role for it, like the Celtics or any team? Like, could he, or is this kind of soured that and like made that kind of he's more of a second fiddle dude? I I have not given up on Kyrie being. A number one option for a team. Well, I'm saying a leader. Like, I, I, I think that he can be a leader. I just don't think he led the right way this season. I mean, the, the, all of the narrative, the narrative going around the Celtics, really in the middle third of the season that seemed to kind of take a turn for the better, and over the last 25 games or so. But prior to that, it was all Kyrie, like. You know, it. He went from saying, "I definitely want to come back to Boston." It's like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want, and just like, why would you? Why would you say that? I mean, I under like the same kind of stuff goes on with Kyrie. Kevin Durant, and it. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's not fair to expect that your free agent decision isn't gonna mean something, and to get annoyed because you're you're getting asked. Uh, about what you're going to want to do and where you're going to want to go because you could squash that by just saying that you're coming back to the Celtics and then that narrative is done. But you, being cryptic is not going to help. Uh, but I think I think that he can be in a leadership role. Like it's tough to be it's tough to be in a leadership role if you're not playing well. And Kyrie has shown that he he's capable of being a top ten player in the league. But then it's just a matter of of pulling people together versus or pulling people together instead of pushing them apart. And that's what he was doing this season. It was not trying to find a way to work on the floor with Jalen Brown and uh, and the rest of their squad, you know? Like, it, I, I don't know. I mean, are you yeah. out on him being a leader? No, I mean, I see, like, a, I mean, him and uh, – like, I do kind of – and it's just because of the timing of, like, how it all happened, but, like, Comparing him and like Jimmy Butler, they kind of feel like two dudes that were just like 
well, I'm the best player on this team, so therefore, like, I'm the leader. Mm-hmm. And I think more of that was, like, Jimmy with the Timberwolves, but, like, those situations, like, you're just not, that's, you're not going to get that, like, and then that's just really, <laughs> they have to be like, oh, yeah, he is the best player, like, you know, it's, it's not like they have to, they're playing one-on-one for captain, and whoever wins that, like, is the default leader of the team, um, like, there's just, like, some personal, personality skill, and it just, it, I think Kyrie more than, uh, like, Jimmy necessarily maybe is, like, able to interact with people. And I think is, like, you, I, I mean, I know he was well-liked in Cleveland um, by some by guys. And I, I, I think at least initially in Boston he was too, but... It just kind of with him being hurt, what they the run they went on last season, then coming back into that, um, yeah, I just don't think he really took it as the like. I think he thought everyone was going to be okay with going back into their their roles, and we, we talked about it all season that that just we that wasn't going to happen. You kind of let the, um, you know, the cat was kind of the bag with some of that, and he was going to have to help with those guys. Um, a little bit more so I do think it, it could be but I think it would be you know if AD's showing up there next season with him I think that's you know a nice reset for him to be able to maybe reestablish it but I think if it's the same core group I don't know if you necessarily will want to come back or if you're going to have much of a different result of uh, just in general with this, this team it's a uh, Pretty hilarious, though, for, um, you know, Boston sports fans being who they are and how they act and everything the comments have been said about this team going into the season and even throughout, like, uh, it's not as, like, the Celtics, uh, I think, were fans thought they were, um, their shit didn't stink and it, until it kind of did and then we thought they were just going to kind of magically put it together once the playoffs hit. Um, well, I think that the thing that they that is easy to overlook, but you know they got the East, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, and they the East like, was wow. so much worse last year than well, yeah, the, this it's year. that it's that, and it's everyone else got better. You're you're gonna get you're gonna see different results from your role players. Either coming off the bench, bench or playing fewer minutes than if they are a starter in a playoff game. Yeah, and and when instead of going against a LeBron-led team that has LeBron and not a ton else, I mean they had Kevin Love, but I mean, I mean I'm trying to remember at that point last year Kevin Love might have been injured too. I'm trying I can't remember, but you know they. They went from that to going against the Bucks, and this this Bucks team is a lot better than last year's Cavs team. It's not even close. Yeah, better than the Bucks team. They, I mean, no, I mean, the teams Boston beat was, I mean, the the fact that the uh, Bucks lost them last year in game set like seven games was frustrating as hell for me because I just didn't. But they did. I mean. And they just thought, well, you know, we're adding, we're bringing back Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, so those are our real additions. But 
you know that I think that was a, a mistake probably on their part just to assume that that was all they needed. Because especially once every other team in the East got better, like when I say every, other, I mean just the other contending teams of Philly, Milwaukee, and uh, Toronto, like. To not respond or not to do anything. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't also say like what was the move to do, um, because obviously the thing would say, well, they get Ky- uh, to get uh, Anthony Davis, but they couldn't do that because of the Kyrie contract. So, uh, so are are you? Do you think that there's any sense in saying, hey, you shouldn't even the, – the Celtics shouldn't even try to bring Kyrie back? I mean, because I think that's ridiculous. I don't subscribe oh, to that at all. yeah. Like, you should be re-signing Kyrie. You should be offering him the max. Try to bring him back. Um, because, hey, at the very least, like, if you had another season that kind of went – like, this season, you're not able to get AD and Gordon Hayward still isn't playing up to his contract, then – Kyrie is tradable. Even at um, like you sign him to a max, you could trade him with three years left on his deal after next season, no problem. So you definitely resign him. I don't get I, AD, right? Yeah, I think the it's so get AD and then bring you know fill in from there. But I would be shocked. Yeah, there. I think there's almost a zero percent chance that Boston just letting Kyrie walk and nothing like no they're gonna try to bring him back they're gonna try to revamp this roster and they've got that's why you've got all those assets they like to talk about and you know you've got Jason Tatum who you know I don't I don't know if Jason Tatum's necessarily gonna be I don't know if we should be getting his his banner uh his jersey banner ready for the Boston Garden yet but uh yeah, I mean the whole team like they just they they've got ability to make moves and I think they're going to be aggressive and, and go after you know Anthony Davis and if anything this failure this off this postseason will um, you know probably add more urgency to that so cool though you know best <laughs> of luck to them but uh, you know we'll, we'll have all summer to kind of talk about that because it's it's. Giannis's ball game now, baby. It sure Giannis's is. Giannis's postseason. Can't wait for him to take down the Warriors. So let's move on to the series that's on right now, and the team that's going to play Milwaukee, or one, whichever team ends up winning this series is going to play Milwaukee. Who wants that the, smoke next? The Raptors Sixers series has been really entertaining up to this point. Really impressive performance from Kawhi, really and really throughout the playoffs, but in particular yeah. this series, he's been he's been unbelievable. Uh, the Sixers have been very up and down. Embiid yeah. has you're not getting a ton of consistency around him. We don't really know what's going on with his health. Uh, and was was sick and all kinds of stuff. Um, Simmons having a really tough time really getting it going in this series uh the the raptors have been doing a good job of keeping things in the half court which is not exactly simmons forte uh so we haven't seen a ton out of him um but and they're off to a great start tonight uh, up by double digits going into the second half trying to push for a, a game seven um so peach what have you thought of the series so far and who do you see who do you see end up winning it 
Um, I mean, I, I still think Philly's going to, you know, has a really good shot to, to pull it off and, and to win. Um, yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons, just the, the half-court game has really neutered him on offense. Um, you know, unless they've been able to, and they've been able to get in a little more transition tonight, but, um, you know, Kawhi's been the most impressive guy in the series just as far as, like, he's, he's been shooting insane in these games and has been able to just, like, no matter what the Sixers have done, it's they haven't been able to stop him, and it's really kind of more more in line with who else can they, you know, what can they do to stop all the guys around Kawhi because it's just he's going to put up, he's going to get his at this point. And I don't think the Sixers are playing bad defense against him either. Um, but it just so, that Simmons has been on him a lot, and he's done an okay job. It's just Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi I think he's done. Ju- I think he's done just open, as, Yeah, he can get a wide open mid range jumper against Ben Simmons whenever he wants, and he's just making a lot of those. Yeah, and I I uh, I don't can't think of like what. You know, Ben Simmons could be doing better, though, against him. I think it's just you can only do so much. And, and uh, with, you know, the level of play Ka- Kawhi has, is, is at right now. Um, but, yeah, I think the two things really is just, like, the inconsistency of Embiid. And then, I mean, you see what, what happens when he's, you know, his best game being in, in game three. Just, you know, they just completely dominated the – the Raptors, and it was just, uh, you know, I for sure was like, oh yeah, this is this is how I was expecting this, and Sixers got this, no problem, and you know, credit to the Raptors for responding, um, and they just blew the doors off the Sixers in Game Five, but um, yeah, I think it's like one of those things though where it's like we had talked before the series had started, like. In general, I felt like Philly had a, uh, their their next gear, their second gear, compared to the second gear of the the Raptors. You know, there was just more potential there with the, that starting five. Um, and it's just in general, it's been inconsistent, and I think a lot of that just does stem from Embiid's play. Uh, you know, having the offense run through Jimmy is, uh, I think, a blessing and a curse sometimes, and it's. You know, tonight it's been working for them. He's been really good tonight, but it's almost like him him getting into a benefit of being that ISO ball. I think in in general, like you're, it can patch things up if other you know there's other holes in your in the game for a night, but it's not something you want to rely on. It's it's a risky risky line of business to be in. Yeah, it seems like it's almost alternated in games this series. Yeah, he's more on tonight. But they're, I don't know. I mean, if you can't get, if you can't take advantage of what Ben Simmons can give you and kind of uh. pushing the pace in the full court, then who's going to initiate half court offense for you? Like Embiid. Jimmy. Yeah, so it's got to be Jimmy. Yeah. No, it has to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. It's just it's a, it makes me uncomfortable. Like if I was a Sixers fan, I just would, I wouldn't feel like. We've got this for sure with Jimmy running it. it it's just a, it's kind of a, a gamble you're you're playing with. Mhm. And you know they. If Embiid's if Embiid is not hitting threes, 
you got you and you gotta hope JJ Redick like he's definitely driven a lot of their success in this as well, where they got absolutely housed in Game Five. JJ Redick couldn't just couldn't buy a bucket, and it's when he can kind of he can hit a three or two early on in the game in Space Four a little bit more. It, you know, it just opens everything up for them. Uh, so I think if they're gonna win in Game Seven, get JJ Redick some open looks in the first quarter. Try to get try to hit a few from three to space the four for everybody else. And it seems like when they've been able to do that, they've had more success the rest of the game. But, you know, even tonight they got, they've been up by 20 in the first half and they're just not putting the Raptors away. They continue to claw back. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, as the second half starts here, uh, you know, it looks like Philly is going to win this one and force a game seven, which would be cool to see. But I don't see the Sixers going into Toronto and beating them in a game seven. Like Kawhi has too much playoff experience and B just isn't a hundred percent. So I, I think the Raptors are going to end up taking this one. But it is a fun series. If I'm a if I'm a Bucks fan though, who are you rather playing between these two teams? I think you'd rather play. I think you'd rather go up against the Raptors, right? Um, I just think they match pretty, up a little better. They feel pretty even. I I don't know. I mean. Yeah, there'd be more on uh, Philly's side that they could throw at Giannis, but... I say that, but then it's like, I mean, the best player on the court is Kawhi. Yeah, and that's that's part of it. I just don't... Yeah, we. I, I don't think Kawhi's going to be... I think Siakam would guard uh, Giannis in the in the, in a series and, and matchup-wise. I mean, but, like, if you look at... Uh, Philly compared to like like Philly and Boston to me feel like kind of personnel wise it's pretty similar. Um, so like in my way like I don't in my mind uh, thinking of it that way, I think the the Bucks really didn't have to adjust too much to how they were playing against Boston at least to start. Um, I don't see anything unique that. This, the Sixers could throw at the South or throw at the Bucks that the Celtics, you know, tried to do and it, it failed. I think outside of maybe just giving a shit more than the Celtics did. Uh, but I think yeah, the, the the Raptors definitely you know with Kawhi. I don't know who how they they stop him almost and just him him and Giannis back and forth together would would definitely be. Um, yeah, they they would almost cancel each other out in some ways, but um, I just think in general, like the Bucks have the best shooting, so um, of the the between them and the both of these teams, so I'm gonna kind of hang my hat on that piece. Yep. Um, let's move to the Western Conference. Let's start with Denver, Portland. Denver playing tonight, uh, up three two in that series. And um, game six being in Portland. They've looked really good in the last two games. They seem to have kind of found some rhythm offensively where they weren't getting, you know, Will Barton has looked a lot better. Jamal Murray has been more, a little bit more consistent. Jokic has been great the entire playoffs. And you just haven't seen as good of shooting uh, out of CJ and Dame, which, you know, that was their downfall last year when they lost to the Pelicans and, that's why they were so great and against the Thunder to start the playoffs this year. They just haven't looked at as 
they're just not hitting as many shots in the last couple of games. And those, because they're not as deep as the Nuggets, they really need those two superstars to show out. Um, so, Peach, what, uh, do you like the Blazers' chances tonight, even going back home? And is there any way that they can win the next two, one of those games being in Denver? No, I think it's over tonight. I think the the Nuggets take care of business. Um, I just, I think the yo, I just, I think the Jokic thing is just they don't the Blazers just don't have the the, the resources to really sustain and, and um, I've kept, felt that way kind of since this series began. That yeah, Trailblazers are gonna be able to win some games, and if Jamal Murray's off, I mean that's kind of been the story with the the Nuggets, right? It's when Jamal Murray's played well, they win. Um, but like the Jokic thing is just gonna wear them down so much, and that's um, you know being able to really stop him is is where you're really able to. Like, yeah, he's kind of like the Night King Ultra. You know, if you're able to take him <laughs> out, everyone else on the Nuggets kind of falls apart after that because their their offense is so reliant on him. Um, and they just they haven't had the answer. I think you know if this was if Nurkic was playing, I think it might it would be a, definitely a different series. But they've exploited those mismatches, uh, and and he's he's played well um, throughout this series and has been dominant. And Dame really hasn't played well either. So like I, it's yeah, it's just it's tough. It's tough in any scenario for you to tell me that the the. Trailblazers are going to be able to win the next two games against Denver, and I think if this like Denver can answer and they can definitely you know just close things out here. Yeah, I don't I don't like their odds either. If they ended up winning tonight, it would not surprise me. But I think I think Denver's going to win tonight too. And actually, we should uh, we should maybe look and see what kind of odds we could get for a Denver money line tonight. I don't really know what the line is right now, but. Um, yeah, Denver, Portland is favored by three and a half tonight. So that could be a little juicy bet for us. But um, juicy I think, bets. I think they close it out. Millsap has Plus been underrated. Oof, I, th- I like that. I don't know how you feel about that, but I like that. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. They, I mean, they they won Game Four already and played really well in that game. Um. Millsap has been great this series. He's a yeah. real mismatch for them. They don't really have anyone to guard him, and him and Jokic have just been able to do whatever they want, really. Uh, so, yeah, I, interior wise, they're just—I mean, the Portland unfortunately is just spread so thin. You can only ask so much out of Dame and CJ. One or both of those guys could go off tonight and could prove me wrong, but I do not see both of those players having good games in the next two in the next two games against the Nuggets and unless they do that or unless they can get Jokic in foul trouble early in the game which they've had a tough time doing they the Nuggets are just playing too well for them to knock them out so I I like I like the Nuggets too and I honestly I don't have a ton to say in that series like it's it's I'm glad I'm happy to see Will Barton playing better because he has been such a such a great piece for that team the entire season really uh despite battling some injuries is just a really fun guy to watch like they really haven't gotten as much out of monte morris than i thought 
Uh, you haven't he hasn't been playing as well this postseason as he had during the regular season, but uh, luckily you don't need to tap into your bench quite as much when uh, when you have Jokic playing 40 minutes a night. It blows my mind Jokic is able to play like that. The the quadruple overtime game he played 65 minutes. How is that possible? Yeah, I mean he's it's unbelievable. He's just a he's a bear man. That game was I felt so watching it on Friday. I like had fallen asleep in the fourth and woke back up after like in the middle of the first so like i thought i was like having like lucid dreams that the game just was never gonna stop and then like waking up this can't be real yeah like i just was kind of in and out and like i was watching some of it but i didn't really retain it the night so i like was like when i woke up the next day and saw that it was actually uh like what i saw was real i was like all right i need to rewatch this and like actually retain what but yeah no man, he's just like a he's a Siberian bear. Just, just can't be uh, stopped. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll see what. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's uh, at this point where we get to this next series. But it's not a. It's definitely not a uh, foregone conclusion that they're gonna for sure be playing the, the Warriors in the next round. If if and when I I believe the Nuggets end up closing this out. So. We uh speaking of That's a segue ultra. Speaking of falling asleep during game, that is exactly what happened to me last night with the Warriors uh, Rockets game. Did it. Um silly boy. Did you stay Can't up the, for the whole thing? I did. Wow, see I, I started started that game at nine thirty knowing there was no way that I was gonna be able to make it through the whole thing. We had money on the line, buddy. I had to I stay know. up. And so I watched the first quarter. I fell asleep at the beginning of the second quarter. Woke up right when KD was getting injured, and I'm not. This is not. I'm not joking. Like I woke up as KD was walking felt to, a great through the tunnel. In the force. That had to have been it. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta watch this, see what's going on. And then at that point on, I was like, did, did KD seriously just tear his Achilles? Because despite that being overblown and, and that was not in fact what happened it's it did that is what it looked like uh it looked like he tore his achilles and but it's it's great to see that it's just a mild calf strain but as far as how that affects the rest of the series he's probably out for the rest of the series right it's a fun thing to talk about i give the the warriors a ton of credit they were up i think two or three points at the point that katie was then out for the rest of the game uh, but they managed to hang on and win by five, and that was primarily because we saw a Steph Curry really come alive in the fourth quarter, and that was yeah. like, I you know I it's not that it was surprising because you know, Steph is obviously he's two time MVP, uh, he is a, a a top five player in the league, but he is not. Known. Did you say he's a two time Finals MVP? No, I say he's a two-time MVP. Uh, no, I, I almost – I was about to say he's a finals MVP, but he's no, not. No, sir, he is not. Uh, <laughs> we have argued over this. Uh, so, not argued. But I caught myself. Celebrated well, you, it. Well, but you were adamant that you thought that Steph should have won it last year. We, we are we – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. Then when he did it and I decided I don't want him to win it ever. I want him you, to just win all these championships and be the focal point of this dynasty and then just – 
Never win the cha- never win a finals MVP. <laughs> yeah. So he's never won a finals MVP. I mean on that like hundred percent now. Top five player, just never never but he's not known for really playing his best basketball in the playoffs. And eh, that's kind of crap, I think. He has faced a ton of criticism, especially yeah. a few I mean so uh, he, he either had right. he either he either had to scratch and claw to beat the Cavs, or KD comes and plays with them, and then they can handle them easily. I mean, we have not seen a version of the Warriors team where he wasn't playing with another top five player, where Steph was was putting up numbers that he's capable of putting up. We haven't seen that. Well, I mean, some of those years he was hurt too. I mean, it was he hurt his ankle. We like to use I, that excuse. I totally get it. And hey, I, I'm I'm bringing this up just because. It definitely was a question. If Steph did not play high, like if he did not play how he's perfectly capable of playing, they were not going to win the game last night. Like the Rockets did not slow. Like the Rockets didn't. Well, despite James Harden not having a great fourth quarter, the Rockets had a good fourth went quarter. away. I mean, that's yeah, like they was, just stopped. Yeah, he just disappeared for whatever odd reason. Right. Like, but, I think that was some of it. <laughs> that almost feels to me more like what happened last night was that the Rockets did some weird shit, and it resulted in, yeah, the, the Warriors being good enough to, you know, not, not let that game go by them. But Yeah, Steph hit some big threes. Clay had yeah. a great game. Uh, Draymond Clay was hit some, big, up and down. some big shots down the stretch, too, and, and they they hold on to win a close one. Uh but Harden, we do we should talk about Harden because he was awesome last night. He was awesome the whole game, and then except for the fourth, he just disappeared. He just really didn't. He was just not very aggressive, and it's not like he seemed tired. Like we've seen the tired, nonchalant James Harden in the playoffs before. Yeah. Last night was not it. He was he was really efficient, which he's had. You haven't seen a ton of that from James Harden this playoffs, but he, yeah. he shot above. I think above 60% from the field was getting to the line, had 30 plus points and he just kind of stopped and um, he was getting other people involved. Chris Paul did not have a great scoring game, although he was pesky as shit and has been this entire playoffs. And by the way, before we get further into this, I'm just so happy that this is, has is now been five games may go six or seven or will go six may go seven because it was looking like it might be a sweep for the first couple games uh but it's awesome to see it was really cool to see houston win games three and four and bring it back to golden state but now the question is can like they have no excuse not to be able to beat the warriors next two games without kd like they they should be able to win at home and they should be able to they should be able to at least push it to seven and make things interesting going back to Oracle. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has like a feel that this is just going to maybe just be a series that every the home team wins every game. And I, I, I think there's a high probability Houston's able to push, push this to at least go back to Oracle for a, a seventh game. Um, you know, my one, one thing with the KD piece, though, is it does put the pressure. I mean... I mean, so Houston's able to now focus all their defensive efforts, you know, really on Clay and, and Steph. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that Steph really hasn't played super well in this series in general. 
if he's able to get going and they're able to find ways to get him uh, and, and and to be honest in some ways it kind of the feel from like after the game was like you know we've, we've argued about how disinterested and, and just like talked about that all season with this team and even you know these playoffs they've, they haven't changed that um, you know I, I wonder if in some ways like even if it's just for a game if like no KD like for those guys to kind of be like you know the, the original guys of, of Udall, you know mainly Steph Draymond Clay Iggy like those four dudes you know in some ways Livingston but he just hasn't played really well all season but like the rest of those guys just kind of like you know have that extra motivation to try to remind everyone like no no we don't need Kevin like we got him because we could but you know we did win 70 games and you know with with this with you know a couple of these guys you know we're the reason we won 70 two you know three games or whatever and go go on that way like i do wonder if that is almost like a, a benefit for them to give them an edge um and close this out in houston um it's in because i mean too with this team it's like when steph gets going like they're just a different animal with or without kd in general like him being really good has always been the kind of the, the fuel for the warriors and and just them being a ridiculous team. Yep. I mean, they're definitely the best version of themselves if you can see some transition, like, 35-footers from Steph. I mean, that's when you're like, oh, shit, this game's over. Uh, and the other thing that I got to point out at the very least is that Draymond has been better this series. He, he's he been scoring and, and shooting the ball a lot better in the playoffs versus the regular season. Um He's just he just looks good. Like yeah. he's he is really moving like especially in, in games despite them losing in game four, they like Draymond had the a few drives towards the end of the game that were just like he literally get the inbound ball and was like, I'm just not gonna get stopped here. Like if you don't yeah. stop all, I'm gonna get a fucking dunk or layup. No, I thought and, he's been good. I think, yeah, both ends he's been really good for them. And Clay I thought's been fine defensively too. I just think, you know, offensively he got going in the first, like first half last night. He kind of dropped and then, um, you know, was wasn't able to keep it going in the second half as much. But I think a lot of credit, yeah, though, like you were saying, goes to Houston, goes to James Harden, um, and how they play when they got back to Houston and and what they've been able to do. But like last night, I think too, like the Warriors, I think defensively, like really did do do a few things in the fourth quarter as far as making sure the ball was going in places that wasn't near James Harden that was really you know in, in some ways was helpful for for why he disappeared I don't think it was all on just James Harden not wanting the ball or being passive or anything because he's never been one guy that's not gonna you know try to get the ball or demand the ball in moments when when he wants it right um should we talk Thrones? Do we have to talk the other political drama NBA-wise? Oh, yeah. The we Los should Angeles on that Lakers. quick. Yeah, so uh, looked there for about 72 hours that Ty Lue was going to be the next coach for the Lakers. 
Uh, he had a birthday cake that was Lakers. Yeah. There were stuff all over. He's going to be the Lakers' next head coach. And that fell through. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, folks. Uh, wanting to have, you know, I think the, the Lakers selling point is like, let's sync this up with LeBron's contract. Uh, he's like, nah. Which fuck, fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like five times I like, do that exactly. Like, no. He likes SMD. I want five years. They didn't. They I don't know if much. you know how this works, but I come in. I coach LeBron. LeBron leaves. I get a couple years extra because I dealt with the coaching LeBron. I keep and coaching the circus though. around it. I try to win. You fire LeBron. me after 14 days in the season. And then, and then I, you know, you you fire me after four years. I collect another paycheck, and then we, you know, we go. I go coach Bronny Junior's team next. Oh, that'd be interesting. But yeah, uh, so that happened. Uh, you know, given given what's happened up to this point for the Lakers this off season, I, this is not the most surprising thing. <laughs> so I'll say that. It's uh, like ultimate dysfunction. It's insane. It's pretty bad. And, like, LeBron, like, evidently, like, is, like, removed from it and to a degree. Like, it's not like LeBron's got demands in here, evidently, that's, like, causing it. It's just, like, the Lakers front office and everything. And evidently, Kurt Rambis and his wife are have a lot more say as, as far as everything that goes on with the Lakers than I was aware of, you know, Magic stepped down, and like the Rambuses became the most powerful people for you know, in L.A. Right. Yeah, I, I, it's a mess. Kurt Rambus has more say than LeBron James right now in a franchise. It's a mess. I honestly don't know at this point who their next head coach. I just is gotta be. say this: if if you're considering Jason Kidd for the job, just fire yourself because. Anything this buck season, uh, my my full stance is that Jason Kidd should not be allowed to get a new head coaching job until Mark Jackson deserves a head coaching job before <laughs> Jason Kidd. I think it should be like if if Mark Jackson wants to interview for jobs and be taken like into consideration, that's fine. I think he's perfectly happy in the booth, and that's not gonna happen. But like, you know, Mark Jackson is fired, and then the Warriors become the Warriors. Jason Kidd's ass gets out of there, and look what the Bucks have become. The Bucks couldn't win get out of the first round with Jason Kidd, and he had he had Evan Giannis, and then you know look what Budenholzer has been able to do with that team, and with one season, they took him from being like an eighth seed to being number one seed. Yeah, and just everything we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Like, yeah, I I don't no no thanks on that, but yeah, JK JK would be a disaster. Yeah, um, I don't like completely hate the Frank Vogel idea. Like, if all this is function, you get him. I think I he's, thought he was a good coach. Yeah, he's like a good win now. I think you know what, how he interacts with LeBron is obviously key. But um, he might be good for whatever young guys they they do keep, or you know whatever ends up happening this off season. I don't hate uh, him. It's interesting, like. Uh, <laughs> Even, like, Jaeger isn't being considered for it, or there hasn't been, like, uh, a Thibodeau mention at all. I mean, I, I'm sure... So there t- has been. Oh, for Tibbs? So, yeah, LeBron reached out for him to be an assistant. 
With Lou? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me. Surprisingly, that was the last report I saw. I don't think there was a ton of... I don't think Tibbs is exactly uh, jumping for joy at that at that option. I don't think Tibbs wants to be a assistant anymore. He did that gig too long. No, and he got paid... He got paid enough from the Timberwolves. He doesn't need to be in any hurry. So yeah. you don't really go from from head coach to president of basketball operations, and then go back to the you know second spot on a bench. Correct. So yeah, there's that. There's the Lakers update for you. Yeah, that's uh, it's an absolute crap show, and it's just wild. Like you're you're you you sign up, and you're in the business of having. LeBron James on your team like that's if he's not just a constant reminder of you having to win now and like you know that piece of it and just how they're acting it's it's very it's very family businessy like small timey weird weirdness that I guess has kind of been there for a while and it's just like I wasn't really pervy to it till now and it's just like it's they're just really showing their ass with like everything they've done and, and just it's it's an absolute mess. Speaking of absolute mess, Game of Thrones. Um, Speaking of checked out folks, a very fun mess, but a mess nonetheless. Who's more who's more checked out? Who who's more checked out? The Celtics or the writers of Game of Thrones? It is um, – so I, I, you and I spoke on the phone earlier in the week. I enjoyed episode four. There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of problems with episode ep, – in episode three and in episode four, uh, no question. But I'm, I'm definitely We're in nervous. too deep, man. We're not ba- – no one's bailing. Like, no, we're all just, of course not. And I recognize that I – as well as most people, I think, criticize this show harsher than you would many shows. Eh. But I've been on the other side, and they've they've hit my like I hit my brink on some of this this stuff after the last episode. Because it's what, yeah. So what made you give me some of the highlights and spoilers at this point? We haven't touched on anything yet, but well, yeah. I mean, we had talked to yeah. I mean, we had talked about it's like just the scene of 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 John telling Sans and Arya like about his parentage and who he really is and all of that. And it just be like this like little short clip. Screen. Yeah. It just cuts off screen. It's like next thing was really frustrating. Um, whereas like I could have used less of the post battle Winterfeld celebration. Like it's fun. Great. Like, yeah, you made some funny scenes and had, you know, some fun moments in there, but like, I'm beyond the fun moments. You want to have the fun moments, give me two more episodes, you know, and give, like, let me feel like, because the whole thing with this is like, all right, you're going to do six. I just, I felt like it was going to be like more of a highly concentrated, like, you know, the, all the, the things you love about Thrones, you're just going to get that for the one thing after the other. It was just going to be like, you know, every scene was going to be a big moment of some kind just because they were on they wanted. They didn't want to spread it out. They didn't have any, you know, filler stuff. But it's, it's just sort of all. Of it's felt like, just like I think I'm like really worried. We're just gonna feel like we got a condensed throne season. It was the same kind of stuff. They just stretched over a longer episode. 
because um, like I don't need I I the two biggest things too of just like the season is like I was not sitting and waiting for the season being like man I really hope we you know get find out if Arya loses her virginity and hopefully there's an Arya sex scene and man it'd be really great to see Brienne and Jamie get together. Um, I was personally a fan of their platonic relationship, and I don't think them like hooking up really. I don't think the scene of Jamie leaving to go meet up with Cersei changes uh, one way or the other, like whether or not they're having sex or not. Like just based on how that played out. Like I think if if you had just had them like you know Jamie decided he was gonna he wants to stay and like help Brienne and protect Winterfell with Brienne because he feels a loyalty to her. Like, I think he could have played that out and him just be like, no, I'm going back to Cersei. Cersei's my drug. Like, sorry. And Brienne could say her same stuff. Like, I don't think I needed that. So you could have saved some time there. Um, and, like, yeah, man. It's just like they, they've, they've messed up. Like, they messed up uh, Gendry's bastard name. <laughs> um... Right, like it's just like they've they just had like some like crazy bad and glaring moments now when like you know half the world it feels like is watching this show. Well, so I to- I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and I was somewhat I was like, yeah, it would be cool if if Jamie and Brienne ended up together, like they had a bond of some sort, and just like in like day-to-day normal like our lives you 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 will have relationships at some point in your life that you are a friend with someone and that turns into something more like that's a thing so it's not like i was actively rooting against them getting together but you know that happening was not a big deal to me what is more of a big deal to me is that this show has never been about the huge huge battles and fight scenes uh like that has been a part of it but it's not a that is a very small percentage of what the show has been about and what people really love and this went from like i understand and i and i love the fact that we had like the battle of winterfell and like i'm pumped for next episode to see what happens with the battle and king's landing but what doesn't make sense to me and is you can't ignore all of the characterization that you've been building for these people in the show up to this point and and stay true to it when you're in when they're having conversations in rooms versus when they are in battle or in stressful situations and what i what i mean by that is, is like i think the strong points of this episode were like Tyrion and Varys their yeah. conversations were were like meaningful and important and true yeah. to their care what their character has been for the show and it was important to hear their take on what uh the iron throne means and what should happen going forward that was great that was important but then what doesn't make sense is that when Tyrion is walking up to try to uh plead to Cersei's motherhood to let Masande live and to and to give up essentially and Cersei, who is the most vicious person in the show, who killed hundreds of people, include that ultimately led to her own son committing suicide, would then just let that ah. completely fly. 
Well, but he made that mistake earlier, and he was, like, trying that card one more time of just, like, come on, like. But, PJ, why didn't Cersei shoot? Him? Him, Danny. I, I mean, that, I don't, I mean, that's just more, that, that part to me feels like more of just, like, you know, it's TV, you know, we gotta, we gotta have another episode. Yeah, well, you could have. Yeah, Danny could have just flown in with if, the dragon and just, like, ro- roasted him, too, you know, like. It kind but, of was both sides there. Like, that didn't bother no, me. but you but. can argue against it because they have, like, a hundred scorpion bows that could shoot the dragon that had already happened at one point that episode. But that's – that's so I, I see what you're saying. Like, obviously But Danny couldn't a, have had the dragon there. They could have had Drogon fly in, like, the other side or something and, you know, whatever. No, I, I know what you mean, but I'm just, like, it does kind of go both ways there. Continue. Uh, so, you know, that's just a microcosm, I think, of the overall problem. It's – the other thing too is that I'm just mad one, we haven't gotten more Cersei in general. Like this, yes, she's the most interesting. She's one of the most interesting characters in the show, and she has only been in two of the episodes thus far this season. I think we're gonna get a lot of her next episode, and I, I thought we were gonna get more so. of this episode. We should be better. Have. We should have. Thank you. Okay. For example, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example, we should have gotten. Like I understand you wanted the aha element of. Uh, the dragon being killed by Euron's crossbow. But you know what doesn't make sense? Them flying like that, them having a clear shot to be able to kill said dragon, and the dragon not even, and, and Danny not even having the ability to like, to see that there are a shit ton of, uh, of yeah. Euron's, Euron's You would see that from the sky. Yes, you would see it, <laughs> and you, like, It'd be one thing if they had seen the boats and they were flying into attack and then the dragon got hit by a crossbow. Yeah. But because the show wants to go for this aha moment, it's now like it's just 100% re- unrealistic. And it's those kinds of things. It's like I understand you needed to play things in this way to make this a realistic fight between them and Cersei. Like that, but you kind of – they butchered – the fight with the White Walkers a little bit, I mean, and yeah. they're they butchered last episode in a little bit just to make things even. And this is not an unpopular like this has been brought up by lots of other people, so I am stealing it, but I agree with it. They use those and, as plot devices to make this an even fight in episode. Which five, I thought the White Walkers which, was always going to be kind of that though. So it didn't, yeah, yeah, it didn't. Like, I just didn't understand how you could do, like, humans versus White Walkers for all six episodes. I kind of thought that was going to be their general plot service. Yeah, I, I did too. I did too. But it's 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 not just the season. It's the last season and a half. It's just what can we do to to put the some of the best, most smart people in the show to give, give consistently dog shit advice to Danny. And then yeah. after that, after Danny has has in a way fucked Except up, but really fucked, really fucked up because of the advice of her advisors, she's gonna now be, you know, she's the asshole for getting pissed off about things and becoming the Mad Queen in front of our eyes, which is well, what they seem to be alluding to. And, and I we don't made think the that's jokes. Fair. We made the jokes of her being. Well, KD ish, like it wasn't supposed to be like this. Like you guys were supposed to, supposed to show up, and everything is supposed to be good. Once I brought the dragons, and why do you guys all love John more than me? Yep. 
John Steph Curry, baby. He was, <laughs> he here. Kinda, he dude, was here. He really is. He was here before you. Yeah. They don't love you like that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I mean, like, I just want, like, the characters and, the, yeah, the stuff that you got. Like, if you're not going to take risks and, like, introduce new stuff and kind of go that route with me, like, yeah, at least give me, like, the high level of, like, give me the, the, the best of the best of, like, the characters you brought along and, like, you know, I just, because like, it doesn't even seem like we've gotten a lot of John or Danny moments. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, in Sansa's almost like, you expect more from like the Sansa and, and everything, but she's like in and out of it. And it's just like, they're just, they're, I think they're just like how they've, they've allocated time this, this, uh, this season and, and a lot of it too was like you know looking back. Even last season was pretty much like this too. But I was giving the benefit out then, just thinking like, well, it's clear that they had like this. Oh well, we just need to get to a moment where the dragons taking an ice dragons taking down the wall. White Walkers are going across, and like we need to get people to Winterfell. But I thought like they were needing to get to that because like because then once we get to that point, like we have all this other cool stuff planned. But it just seems like now they just have these, like, s- certain moments they definitely want to do in, like, the in-between stuff they just don't really give a shit about. Like, they want to have the mountain. They want the wall to come down. They want to have a battle of Winterfell. They want to have a fight of, like, you know, this versus Cersei for King's Landing. But, like, a lot of that in-between, how you, like, kind of, you know, grow those moments and everything, like, they just don't give a shit about. Right. They're too worried about dire wolf budgets. Oh, God. Poor ghost. But we're going to have like a 15-minute how you train your dragon flying scene. Like, very cool, guys. Having said all of this... Did you see that clip they showed? I was like on Twitter, like of them two saying, like, well, you know, Danny forgot about, you know, here's the Iron Fleet... And they literally, like, but earlier, like, before that, <laughs> that when they're going back to Dragonstone, like, they're literally going through the plans, and, like, they're, they, like, point out the Iron Fleet, and they're talking about it, like, in a big meeting, like, their big, like, kind of strategy thing, like, John's talking about them, and it's, like, brought up, like, no one forgot about them. You just did some <laughs> bullshit. Whatever. Having said all of this, I mean, I'm still stoked. I mean, next no, episode. No, I mean, dude, everyone that's, we're, we're all watching this, we're all in on it, like, and honestly, I mean, like, yeah, like, I'm still not, like, pissed. Like, whatever they do, like, whatever. It's just, like, I don't know if I'll be rewatching these last two seasons. It was kind of like, yeah, so now I know how that story ends. But, like, you know, these aren't even the best parts of the show. Like, you know, whatever. But now we at least know how the right, the TV show wants to end it. But, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to. But I just, I, if, it, like, I was saying to you when we talked earlier this week, it's like, I don't care what you decide to do with the characters. Like, do and tell the story you want to tell. But, like, if I know the story you're telling is going on and, like, what the events are in each thing and, like, how you're allocating what you're showing me and stuff and it not being, and you're not going to do some big, you know, reveals of anything or you're leaving stuff ambiguous, which they're really not doing. It's not like they're trying to, like, they're slowly trying to introduce new stuff for us. They're just, you know, playing this all out. It's like, all right, well then give me the moments. Like, let me, like we said, like, let me see John, let me see Sansa and Arya's reaction. Cause 
Then after that, it's like Arya's like, all right, well, I'm leaving, and Sansa's like, well, crap, I'm I'm telling Tyrion, <laughs> like, but we don't understand that why. That was stupid too. I did not. No, I, it is intentional. I, like, she, I, it knew, is, she knew. She knew yeah, what she was but, doing. Yeah, I just I don't know. A lot of things I don't agree with, but hey. Let, let's see how this baby ends. You and I are going to be able to recap one more episode before the finale, and then it'll all be done. And it is sad one way or another. Oh, we're going to recap both of them. We'll get both recaps in. Yeah, no question. No question. Yes. Two more recaps, and then I can give my full Scorching takes. We'll give our full Scorching Dragon takes at the end. Yes. Do we want to make predictions at this point of who we think? I don't know if we've done it for each episode, episode to episode, of like who's going to end up on the throne. We haven't. So who right now, though, if you had a pick? I think it's going to be Danny. Do you? I do. I think, I think, in part, it's both what I want to have happen, and it, but it is what I think is going to happen. I think Danny's going to come to her senses at some point, or her and John are going to no. get married, or they're going to figure something out. But I think she's going to, I think she's going to be on the throne. See, because I kind of think in some ways, like John, if if John survives this last battle, then it's going to be like John trying to like. This is going to be a continuation of John trying to like convince Danny like. He doesn't want it. It's hers. Like he's not like gonna fight her for it, and then, like, Vera's kind of going in his way of, like, eliminating Danny, and then maybe Tyrion gets in the way of that, and gets taken down with Danny, and then John kind of is ruling, but you know, it was something he didn't really want. Or John dies, yeah, Danny's living, but then they, like, she doubles down in her craziness and, like, kind of the idea that, you know, John could have been the king and stuff. Like, she just goes mad and, um, you know, ends up being whatever. But I'm going to, currently, I think, you know, and she could then get taken out again or something, too, that way. Which then leaves my prediction of, you know, why not Sansa? So Sansa was going to be my second choice. I think my pick right now is Sansa. Because she's, like, safe in Winterfell. She could. I mean, she's got, like, kind of the best of Cersei and and Littlefinger, which, um, you know, kind of in this whole realm of worlds is, like, some of the best qualities you need to survive. And, like, you know, There's a a pretty solid chance that she ends up making it. Although, how they would ultimately come to the conclusion that she is going to be going on the throne. Because in that in that scenario, Danny's dead. Yeah. And in that, in that scenario, uh, John has since relinquished his desire to claim Well, John might be and, dead, too. Yes, he's either dead or he's, he's said, I'm going north. Like, Sansa, you can be, let me rule the north, you rule the entire realm. Uh, or her interior. Do you think Sans interior? They just like, all right, let's give this marriage a second go. <laughs> I do not. I have not gotten the sense that I've not gotten a ton of warmth. No, not she's been kind of warm. No, she told him he's the best of them. <laughs> not to say it's good. Like a, it's, it's like yeah, not much competition there that Tyrion had to have, but 
She likes Tyrion. She likes him. She doesn't like like him. No, well, but no one does in these arranged marriages. That's true. No, she's I don't the, think that happens. But I do not a bad person. pick. Not a bad pick. Arya, I, I think, just, definitely is gonna die though. Arya will not make it out of the season at this point. I'm convinced of that. I do not think Arya is gonna live either. I think she's gonna. I, I think she is going to get killed trying to kill Cersei by the mountain. But, and then Jamie is going to finish the job somehow. But then Jamie is in turn going to get killed. And then the Hound is probably going to... The, the Hound, Hound is going to kill the mountain after he sees... So. He's going to kill the mountain after he sees the mountain kill Arya. Very good chance that happens, too. I mean, it had the show has gotten... like Obviously, Arya killing the Night King, What that, that caught me by surprise... Uh, and it was dope, but she's not killing has, the Night King the and Cersei. Has, the show has been more predictable. Well, and some of I just think they're just doing fan service and stuff, and that kind of pisses yeah. me off. And we'll go back, going back to the Brienne. Jamie yeah, exactly. Show. I'm just not 100%. here for that. But you know, it's it is tough to uh, you know wrap up series, and you know, if anything, you know, we'll probably be talking about this and. I'm going to figure out a way, you know, unless things change greatly, I'm just going to, you know, part of our recap in two weeks once this is all over is I'm going to just go back and say why Breaking Bad is the greatest TV show ever. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you, dude. No one did it better, Um, man. No, it's great. It hasn't come out when that movie is going to be coming out, right? Uh, I think next year. I think it's 2020. for that. I need to have them tell me. I you don't watch Better Call Saul though, right? So I've seen the first two seasons of Better Call oh, Saul, dead. but I am behind. I am behind. I gotta get. I it's on my list of things to get caught up on. That's what you should be watching after Thrones, man. Yeah. I yeah, know. everyone, if you're listening, tell Ultra what he should watch after Thrones. Yeah, Barry and that I think. And billions. Are, Bury that billions. I say um, you do Bear Call Saul though. If you're not on that, that's Chef Kiss emoji. Hey, I'm not. I mean, these are all things I want to watch. It's just a matter of carving out the time for them. Do it. I, I got it. I got it. Uh, any uh, any shout outs before we call it a day here, Peach? Um, shout out to the liver, both the the two Champions League games of Liverpool. Holy shit! I'm not a soccer guy, but and holy the shit. Tottenham, like those are kind of yeah. If you're not, but um, two kind of crazy days of that going on where uh, with aggregate scoring and everything, yeah. Liverpool is down three nothing and comes back to win. Um. And then, yeah, the next day followed by Tottenham with, like, that was more the aggregate at play and all that with, like, away goals and stuff. But, um, yeah, super kind of crazy stuff to just be following um, and see. So that was really the the only one that I had. Uh, I I really don't have anything. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, Have a great weekend. Happy... NBA playoffs. It's going to be over before we know it next Tuesday. Nah, man. We, we still got plenty, man. I hope so. 
The best is yet to come for the playoffs, I think. That is true. I mean, it's going to be if the we conference get, finals are amazing. I can't wait for that. Listen, if we can get Philly versus Milwaukee, like, I just think that's what the world deserves because we need a seven-game series of Giannis and Joel just talking shit. And that series will get chippy and fun, and, like, that's what we need. I'm kind of over the Kawhi Raptor. I mean, they're, they're good, but it's just, like, no one's – they're not fun. They're just Well, there. just look at some of the games Philly had against the Bucks. Yeah. Fun. There's personality. There's, like, something there. Like, I could sell that to the – if I have to watch that game with people who aren't watching this with basketball, like, I could sell that to someone. I can't really sell guy who laughs weird versus – Guy, I gush over every step he takes. No, I I, I hear you. It's gonna it that I I hope it ha- I hope it stacks up that way too. I just either way, like I'm Toronto, gonna be a wreck. I feel like Toronto's next, winning, but yeah, next round is gonna be a situation for me, guys. But, I've been playing uh, it pretty cool because it's been a pretty cool. You know, it's been pretty easy going so far. But I was looking at my my alcohol stock here and it is probably all going to be gone <laughs> by the time these playoffs are over. I've been, I've been stocking up on bottles of wine and different like craft beers and kind of, you know, casually, you know, being more of a responsible adult. And I looked at it all. I'm like, I think I've just, all I've done is build up a armament of just things that are going to get me wrecked <laughs> for the rest of these Giannis. Cause I got, I mean, we get, we got up pretty much for the LeBron Cleveland days and you know runs and stuff, but this is a whole different level, man. Yeah, dude, it's um, I I, I can't pretend to to care about it as much as, as care much about as you. my. Yeah. You you are more invested and have been investing longer in Giannis than I have. I would love nothing more to see the the Bucks go against the Warriors or. The Rockets or I the Nuggets, wherever it is, but dude. If even, it was, if it was, if it was war, if it was Bucks Nuggets, oh, uh, you and you and Deuce might not be friends anymore. I was gonna say, <laughs> if something were to end that friendship, it might be that. <laughs> you guys are definitely gonna say some shit that makes you, which you and him are very agreeable with one another. So it, you guys are gonna, that would be a very interesting, like. Diff, like your the balance of your relationship is going to drastically sway in a different way if that was because he's a huge he's a huge Nuggets homer and I'm a big Giannis homer and we respect each other's homerisms but when they went up against one another it would definitely be just an uh, <laughs> an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. <laughs> So uh, that would be fun, but otherwise, if it if it's the Warriors, that's going to be a tough battle. But like, it's going to be earned if they can somehow find a way to win that series, and it would be fun to watch. Like, they're not getting swept against the Warriors. Like, Giannis is too good. That team is too good. Uh, and they've been I the one. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of built to be the counterpunch to everything the Warriors do. But you you do you got to get there first. Exactly. I feel like I'm knocking on wood with like. Uh, we uh, they got to get there first, but that is going to be fun. The NBA draft lottery is next Tuesday, which you know is really only interesting because the odds are a little bit 
even more evenly spread this year. And so who could get the number one pick? We'll see. Who's getting Zion? But I know that if we are talking, doing a podcast later next week, and we're talking about how the Bulls are going to get Zion, uh, wow, what what a couple months stretch for you potentially. But we'll have to wait and popping see bottles how constantly. Uh, but thank you everyone for listening. We'll definitely come at you with another podcast next week. Uh, enjoy the rest of the second round of the playoffs. Check us out at thepointforwardnba at gmail.com, at foolishkilla on Twitter, at thepointforwardnba on Twitter. Uh, rate and review us on Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher, or whatever.